Good morning. Y'all ready? You ready to do this thing? I am, uh, I am so happy to be with you today. Uh, today's a special day in the life of our church. We'll be observing the Lord's Supper uh, later in our service. And we're going to do some songs first. I'm gonna, hey, hey, let's start in prayer real quick and then we'll stand and sing, okay? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for bringing us together. And uh, Lord, we, we want to lift up uh, Israel and the war over there. God, we pray that you'll bring a swift end. And uh, Lord, we pray for our service today that you'll bring everybody who's supposed to be here and we'll worship you so truly. We give it to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other founts I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus For my pardon, this I see Nothing but the blood of Jesus For my cleansing, this I plead Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other founts know nothing but the blood of Jesus this is all my hope and peace nothing but the blood of Jesus this is all my righteousness nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other founts I know nothing but the blood of Jesus you got something to be thankful for today oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other founts I know nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other founts I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Leave it all behind, leave it all behind, leave it all behind, leave it all behind. I've got what you need, but you keep on searching. You've done all the work, but you keep on working. When nothing's empty 
And you can't find the remedy Just come to the well You can spend your whole life Chasing what's missing But the empty inside Just ain't gonna listen When nothing can satisfy And the world leaves you high and dry Just come to the well And all who thirst will thirst no And all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it can never fill. Leave it all behind and run to the wind. So bring me your heart. No matter how broken, just come as you are. When your last prayer is spoken, just rest in my arms a while, and you'll feel the change, my child, when you come to the well. And all who thirst will thirst no And all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it can never fill. Leave it all behind and run to the wind. And now that you're full, of love beyond measure your joy's gonna flow like a stream in the desert soon all the world will see that living water is found in me cause you come to the well and all who thirst will thirst no And all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it can never fill. Leave it all behind and come to the wind. The world will try, but it can never fill. Leave it all behind and come to the way. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church. I am very, very glad to see you here. I've been praying that you'd be here. And here you are. So prayer answered. Yes. Today is a special day. We're observing the Lord's Supper. We're going to get to that uh, in just a little bit. Um, but first, I just I want to cover some bases here. Next week is our sixth anniversary celebration. Six years. We beat the odds. Most church plants don't make it past five years. 
We're about to turn six. We're ready for first grade. We're ready for the next step. Now, someone's going to say, Pastor, have you noticed that the weather is wintry kind of out there today? And it's supposed to be colder next weekend. That is a completely valid concern. And uh, if the weather is permitting, we we planned this as an outdoor event at the new uh, pavilion behind the the Carter home here in Hillsville. Um, That's kind of up in the air right now. Okay, so here, here's the deal. We're going to have some bouncy houses for kids and for adults who are confident enough in the condition of their joints. Um, if you drive by here and you see bouncy houses here, it's here. Okay, if the bouncy houses are not in this parking lot, then it is over there. Is that a good enough indicator? That's about as big a flag as I can fly to let you know where something's going to be. If you see some kind of a bouncy house, I don't know what they are yet. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll make that work, okay? So good? We good? We all right? Hey, I don't know if I announced it last week, but we um, collected the peanut butter and the pinto beans. And what, what were the totals on those? Uh, what were the totals on those, Jamie? You remember? It was like a whole bunch. 120 peanut butter. And a hundred and some packs of beans, just to, remember, to remind you, those were going to the kids at the Christian school down in Haiti that, uh, that we try to support as much as we can. And those will be going with the kids when they are out on their Christmas break. A lot of these kids do not have enough to eat at home. Haiti is a tough, tough place to grow up. Uh, we, we understand poverty around here more than a lot of America does. But we have no understanding of Haitian poverty. It is, it is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And it is full of political unrest and turmoil. It's a bad, bad place to be. So thank you for doing you know, something to, to show these kids that they're loved. These kids need to know that they're loved. And we're, we're about that here. We, we say no matter your story, you're welcome, you're wanted, and you're loved. And we try to live by that. So I'm excited to talk to you about um, the Word of God today. One of the really, one of the many reasons that I love the Bible is that it does not sugarcoat the stories of its heroes. We get the good, the bad, and the ugly. We get the down and dirty. We get the nitty gritty. We get um, we get the scandals, or as the teenagers would say, we get the tea. Is that a thing? It's a thing, right? The way the face that my daughter is making is priceless. The trick is, I've told y'all before. Use slang, use teenage slang almost appropriately, and it makes them really upset. It, we get the T, for real, for real, no cap. I think that was it. I think I hit that sweet spot of being just enough cringe. Just enough cringe. And that's not a word anymore. Uh, whatever. It's just fun. i got to work that in when I can. That was, that was very cool. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. That's... Uh, my daughter looks like she's ashamed to know me, so that means I've done my job well. We do get the scandals. We get the real stuff. We, get, uh, we hear the story of how David, the great King David, the hero David, messed around with another man's wife, got her pregnant, conspired to have him killed, married her real quick, hoping nobody would figure out that the baby wasn't his. But you can't hide that kind of dirt. The whole kingdom found out. It was horrible embarrassment. He did everything he could to make it right. 
But it wrecked his family for generations after that, as you might expect. Then there's Simon Peter, great hero. Simon F- Peter, this, this guy who's like the apostle of apostles and the guy who, who promised Jesus, who declared, I'll never deny you, Lord, no matter what. I'd rather die than deny you. And less than 24 hours later, he is publicly and repeatedly declaring, he doesn't even know Jesus, I don't know him. I don't know him. And he realized what he had done and he ran off in tears. And, you know, what a scandal. Scandal, right? Praise God, Jesus came back after that. Uh, Jesus, he, Peter came back to Jesus after that. And Jesus, being who he is, put him in charge of the whole thing. Isn't that something? Jesus is like that. We really, 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 really mess up and we come back to him. And he, he hasn't thrown us away. Not when we turn back to him. So we have, have Peter who, who became the first great leader of the Jesus movement. And then there's maybe the most shocking scandal of the whole Old Testament. Even It's one not everybody knows. It's the, the story of the prophet and the prostitute. I don't know if you've heard this one. This one is not often told. It's the story of how God commanded Hosea the prophet to marry a prostitute named Gomer. Those two things are true. God really did call uh, Hosea to marry a prostitute and her name really was Gomer. That's unfortunate. May I suggest that you, um, I would say to you that maybe don't name your kid Gomer. Some of you remember the Andy Griffith show and Gomer Pyle and like, well, Gomer's a girl's name. Evidently, it's a girl's name. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it'll work for either. I mean... What a scandal. For a prophet to marry a prostitute? That's a scandal. Maybe you're thinking what I'm thinking. Wait, 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 wait. Don't we believe in redemption? Yeah. Don't we believe that everybody has a past, everybody's a mess, everybody gets a second chance, and and we should be 100% for that? Absolutely. We are 100% invested in the idea that positive life transformation is possible. That's what we do. We believe that the key to a true positive transformation of any life is connection with Jesus Christ. That's why we're so excited to tell you about Jesus because we really believe it'll be the best thing for you, not because we want something from you, but because we want something for you. We believe that. Except there's the little problem. Gomer has no interest in a different life. Now, Hosea marries her. Hosea loves her. But every now and then, Gomer kind of goes off on her own she returns to turning tricks she returns to a life of of prostitution and she'd stay gone for a while she takes up with some guy who's prostituting her and she'll stay there a while until he's really mean to her and then she comes crawling home and hosea takes her back every time this happens again and again they are married for years and they have kids together except Hosea can't really be sure those kids are biologically his kids because of what his wife has done. And then she'll run off again, again and again. He, she runs off and he has to go find her in some pathetic, pitiful situation she's got herself into and can't get out of. And it's, imagine, imagine this. Imagine what is... Friends and family and neighbors are saying behind his back, ah, there goes Hosea. Off to fetch that wife of his again. She's never going to change. 
He needs to give up on her. But despite all of Gomer's unfaithfulness, Hosea is faithful to her. He loves her. He cares about her. He goes and gets her again and again and brings her back home again and again while she's wallowing in a destructive lifestyle, while she's doing everything she can to hurt him, he keeps pursuing her. He, he was willing to sacrifice his reputation and his career. He gave up everything to show love towards someone who hadn't really returned that love. That's a scandal, is it not? You can read the rest of that in the Old Testament prophecy of Hosea. We're used to the idea that love is conditional. That in order to be loved, you have to meet a certain standard of lovability. And in order to continue to be loved, you have to continue to have this certain standard of lovability. However, that's measured. You have to look a certain way or act a certain way or be a certain thing or have a certain thing. And that is the idea in this world that for someone to be loved, they have to have something to offer and to continue to be loved, they have to continue offering that or something more. Normal love requires love in return. If there is, if, if you show love to somebody, you expect them to love you back. That's normal. That's the way of the world. That's, that's normal human love. And if they don't love you back, to continue loving them, well, that's a scandal for sure. The most impressive story of unconditional love is not Hosea and Gomer. There is a story in the New Testament of unconditional, impossible, scandalous love. And I want to read for you a verse that summarizes it in a powerful way. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Romans 5.8, if you don't know this one, you need to know this one. This is one you need to memorize, even if you're not a memorization person. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to stop there and pray. Heavenly Father, we need to understand this more than ever. That while we were still running around on You, you loved us, and you sent your son for us. We praise you. We pray you'll drive that point home. In Jesus' name, amen. The cross is the greatest scandal in history. I don't mean it like it's a scandal because it's fake. As a matter of fact, the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus might be the most corroborated event in the, hist the ancient history. I mean, there's so many references to that, not just in the Bible. There's, there's other references to that in history as well. and uh, They certainly believed it, and, and uh, these apostles certainly believed it. They would not have faked His resurrection because it didn't get them anything. What did it get them? You would say someone would make up a lie and continue the story. Oh, Jesus is alive because it gave them you know, power or wealth or money or something. You know, but they didn't get any of that. They... Some of them got crosses of their own. You would not hold on to a lot, something you knew was a lie to that level. So we know that's true. I'm saying it's a scandal, not because it's untrue and someone says it's true. I mean, it's a scandal for sinless Jesus to love sinful people like us. Then he, he took his sin on, or he took our sin rather 
on himself. The sinless took on the sin of the sinful. That's way more scandalous than Hosea going and finding Gomer where she had gone off to. See, God chose to love us before we returned any of his love. While we continue to live our lives, not thinking too much about him until something goes bad, he loves us. While we keep on making decisions that are opposite of what the good things he wants for us, he loves us. While we're still running around on him spiritually, while we're, while we're yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Before you clean up your life, while you're still talking trash about people, while you're still holding on to terrible secrets, while you're still holding on to unforgiveness, while you still hate your brother or your father or your neighbor or hate God himself, while we're still full of lust, still addicted, still messing around with somebody outside of marriage, still full of pride, while we're still mistreating people, while we're still abusing our bodies, while we're still mixed up in bad stuff, while we still trust money and things and philosophy and politics more than we trust God, while we say we believe but our lives tell a different story, while we continue to reject Him and run around on Him, God demonstrates His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Son of God was beaten to within an inch of His life he was mocked, he was spit on, he was hanged on a cross as a public spectacle. For six hours he gasped for air and bled out. Not for people who are lovable. Not for people who are basically good. Not for people who have their life together but need a little sprinkle of religion. He was broken for broken people. He gave his life for people who need redemption. And hey, good news, that's you and that's me. There is nobody who has not sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. His standard is perfection. And you might say, well, my life is a lot better than the lives of some people I know. That's not how God measures it. Look, man, we, we live in southwest Virginia. And as I have said before, everybody knows someone who's made a horrible wreck of their lives. Everybody who knows somebody who is messed up on pills or meth or something that you can point to and say, well, yeah, well uh, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm not like my cousin over here. I'm not like my neighbor over here doing the things they're doing. God does not measure people that way. His, his standard is the perfection of Jesus Christ. Nobody can measure up to that. Every single person has fallen short of that standard. And Jesus, who is the standard, gave himself for us. Now you have people in your lives who love you, who their love is always has strings attached, right? They'll love you so long as you're doing the right things that they like. And when you do something that I don't like, where's the love go? We can get the idea that that God is like that? That God's love for us depends on how well we perform? You will have religious people tell you that God is like that? That if you don't check all these boxes and keep all of these rules enough of the time, do enough of the right things, enough of the time, give enough of your money, um, 
you know, say the right words and all that, that he will not love you. But what does the word of God actually say? But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that yet, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. His love for us is not based on our character, but his. You don't connect with the love of God by meeting a moral standard. That's not how it works. It's not that you're so good, oh, now you're on God's team because you're so good. Can't do it. Can't be done. But I will say, if you ever get to know Jesus and his incredible love for you, his unconditional, scandalous love for you, it'll change you. It will change you. You won't be able to live your life like it was before. And I'm saying, hey, whatever your claim may be, Say, hey, I know Jesus, I know God. If your life isn't different than it was before, I won't check on that. It should be different. Will it be perfect all the time? No. But it'll be different. It, it should be different. Your life should change. If you really meet Jesus, you won't be the same as you were. I want to tell you about a love that's impossible to walk away from. Jesus paid the cost for you and for me while we were still broken. Before we ever thought of loving Him back, while we were still stumbling in the darkness, choosing sin over righteousness, He loved us. He went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. Before we ever knew we had a debt, He paid it. Remember Hosea and Gomer from the beginning? How could you forget? What a shocking, scandalous story. The last time Gomer ran off on him, Hosea found her enslaved. She had gotten herself enslaved probably to a guy who was prostituting her. And Gomer had to go and find his wife and buy her back out of slavery. Hosea bought his wife out of slavery. Hosea bought, bought his wife back from a pimp. What an uncomfortable thought. We don't know exactly how that story ends. We don't get all that information. I'd like to think that she finally understood, oh my goodness, this man really loves me. I want to stay with him. We don't know. We hope. I hope she understood what love meant then. And we recognize that story is scandalous and we, we feel bad for Hosea but we don't see how our lives are parallel. We have a hard time seeing how many times we've walked away from God. How we've gone off to something that's very bad for us. How many times has God had to go find us and bring us back? How many times have we claimed to have a relationship with God, but our heart has been somewhere else? We're heartbroken for Hosea. We understand that bit. But we've got to understand that in this story, we're not Hosea. We're Gomer. We're the one that God has to bring back from the mess that we have gotten ourselves in. Mm. While we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. He took our guilt. He took our penalty. It was hit. It was our sin that nailed him to the cross. There was nothing keeping him on the cross. He could call 
legions of angels to take him off the cross, but he didn't because he did it for us to deal with our sin. Scandalous, unconditional, impossible love paid the price. In the face of such love, what do you do? How do you walk away from that? I can't. I don't know how. Think of the hands that were pierced for you. Think of the blood running down his face from the crown of thorns that were pressed onto his head. Think of the spear in his side. Isaiah says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Today we commemorate the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus on our behalf. Through the ages, churches have had many traditions and many ceremonies. And those are all well and good, but there's only two that Jesus Himself specified that we must keep. One is water baptism, which we celebrated a few weeks ago. And the other is the Lord's Supper. Some people call it communion. The Lord's Supper is the reminder that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot erase a single sin. All we can do is give our broken pieces to Jesus. And I encourage everybody to do that. If you, if you haven't, trust in His sacrifice for you. On the night which Jesus was betrayed and arrested, He took the bread and the wine which were part of the Passover meal and He gave them a new meaning. Jesus said the bread is symbolic of His body that was broken for us. And He said the, the wine, the fruit of the vine, was symbolic of His blood that was shed for us. So as we go into the Lord's Supper in a few minutes, it's, it's of utmost importance that we have the right heart for this. If you have trusted in Jesus as Savior, you are invited to participate. If you have not done that yet, why not do it today and participate in this as a new believer in Him? If you haven't and you're not ready, that's okay. Uh, when the basket passes by, just let it pass by and nobody will judge you. We're all on a journey here. And I would rather you be spiritually honest about where you are than try to impress any of us. It's not going to do any good. We're not interested in being impressed. Today might be a day to watch rather than participate. Um, if you're saved, do the soul searching that's necessary to take part in this. If you've got anything between you and God that you haven't dealt with, deal with it. Put it before Him. Ask Him to forgive you and make it right. If there's something between you and God that you can't get worked out this morning, it's, it's really okay to just let the basket pass. And then next time, maybe the breakthroughs will have happened. As for kids with us today, um, if they have made a profession of faith in Christ, then awesome, they can participate. If they haven't done that yet, today's a day to learn and to grow. Um, we're going to expect parents and guardians to guide the kids. We're going to leave that between the parents and the kids, and you guys sort that out. So in just a moment, we're going to play a song with a video. In just a moment. And it's your time to reflect and pray, to make things right, to clear your conscience before God. If you've never done it before, why not confess your sin and ask Jesus to be your Savior? It's not that hard. The, the words are less important than the truth. That You say, God, I... 
I want to be forgiven. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe in him. And I ask to be forgiven and have new life in Jesus. It's, that's really what it is. That's what happens. So let's take some time now to pray while the song plays. Alas, and did my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a might I hide my blushing face while Calvary's cross appears dissolve my heart in thankfulness and melt mine eyes to at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy Father in heaven, please make our hearts ready. Set them right. Fill us with reverence for the unconditional, impossible, scandalous love that took Jesus to the cross. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. In a moment, some of our leaders will be passing baskets with small cups that have a serving of both the bread and the juice. Please don't open those until it's time. Uh, your participation in this is between you and God. If you decide to take part, take one of those cups out of the basket and pass it on. If for whatever reason you are not participating today, just pass the basket on and it'll be just fine. Nobody's here to judge you. That's between you and God. We would rather folks be honest than to try and impress us, as I said. So leaders, please stand. So as you can see, these, these have two sides. One's got the bread and one's got the juice. This is a bit, it's the first time we've tried these, so we're going to be careful with them. So I'm going to ask you to peel back the side with the bread, but, but don't take it out yet. Okay. The scriptures tell us that on the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus was eating the Passover meal with his closest followers. He took the bread which was part of that meal, the unleavened bread that commemorated the haste with which the Jewish people were taken out of Egypt, and he gave it a new meaning, a new freedom. He said, this is my body which is broken for you, and he broke it, and he gave it to him, and he said, eat this in remembrance of me.
Heavenly Father, thank You for the broken body of Jesus. It's by His stripes we are healed. Healed of our iniquities and our sins. Lord, may we be people who live in an awareness of how Jesus suffered for us. In His name we pray. Amen. Now if you'll very carefully open the seal on the other side. At that same Passover meal, Jesus took the, the cup of wine, the cup of the fruit of the vine, that was a traditional part, and He gave it a new meaning. He said, this is my blood which is shed for you. Take and drink. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that Jesus was willing to shed his blood for our sins. Almighty God, we praise you. May we be people who live ever aware and admiring the sacrifice of Jesus. And I pray it will change who we are to the very core. In Jesus' name we pray. I think we're just going to leave it right there into this service. We're going to leave it in reflection today. I'm going to ask that you uh, make sure your little cups get to one of these trash cans back here or somewhere or just stick it in your pocket, whatever you need to do. Thank you for being a part of this today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. You're dismissed.